You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin. And uh, my name is Steph. (laughs) We actually don't have an episode to talk about, so we don't have any lines prepared, but we do have an amazing interview with Major Lily White himself, Robert Buckley. Um, So uh, what do you say, Steph? Without further ado, let's just get right into it. Sure. (laughs) Yes. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? <laughs> All right. Hey, Rob. This is Steph here, and I'm Robin. Yeah. Hey, oh, is that Steph? Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, how you doing, Steph? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Glad we were able to make it, uh, make it work. Yeah, are you busy on the set at this point, or uh, are you on a break, or...? No, I, oh, actually, incredibly busy. Uh, this 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 finale we're doing is huge. It's uh, normally we need eight days to shoot an episode, and uh, this script is just so big, and there's so many things happening that it, they actually had to uh, add two days to our shooting schedule. So it's uh, it's our first ever ten day episode. Oh, wow! Wow! We can't wait to see it. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's a doozy, and uh, we got lucky because today is actually the one day I have off. Uh, nine of the ten days I'm working, so we got we got lucky that this day uh, was able to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking your time to talk to us. Uh, we've been yeah, definitely wanted to get you on the show. We've had other people on, like um, Alex Ponovic, who said it's, that it was uh, a lot of fun working with you as well, and the. Uh, the many different uh, abusive scenes that you guys had together. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? I mean, that guy absolutely <laughs> kicked the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, how was it uh, shooting those scenes? Um, oh, it was a blast, you know, and, and it was so perfect the way it worked out because the first uh, day that I met Alex, it was really like, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm Rob, I play major, and action. And then he just proceeded to take the crap out of me uh, for the rest of the day. So, uh, you know, our relationship got started off, and we just jumped right in head first. <laughs> or in major's case, face first, as that was pretty much uh, what our first uh, first hang ended up being, was just him introducing my fist, or my face to his fist. <laughs> Um, Well, let me just backtrack here. I just want to say, like, Major is... uh, We thought we had Major pegged at the beginning of of the show, and uh, you thought he was going to be this naive ex-fiancé, but then we're drawn deeper and deeper into what leads to the the Meat Cute Massacre. Just want to know overall, basically, what what, what are your general impressions on on playing Major Lily White? Oh, it has been uh, an absolute blast. When the uh, the project first came along, um, you know, all of sort of what ended up, you know, happening to Major in the second half of the first season uh, wasn't in the works yet. So, I, you know, when I was introduced to him, it was, you know, he's kind of the doting ex-fiance and just a really sweet guy, you know, the type of, you know, guy that every mom wants, uh, you know, their daughter to marry. So it was a very rosy picture uh, of just an all-around nice guy, which is which is great. But you know, the, a happy person without any problems isn't that interesting to watch over a long period of time. Right. The, the character, you know, none of the sort of the drama uh, was there at the start, and um, so again, it was 
sounded like a great guy and it'd be a lot of fun, but uh, it wasn't until, you know, the Comic-Con, the first Comic-Con went to the San Diego Comic Convention, where after we did our panel, Rob Thomas pulled me aside and said, uh, hey, you want to know what uh, we have in store for Major? I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He goes, okay, we're going to go full-blown Travis Bickle. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, you, know, tra- you know, obviously, you have the uh, Robert Niro's character from uh, the Taxi Driver. So I'm like, oh, okay, go, go on. And like, so yeah, uh, basically his life is going to get turned upside down and he's going to go through hell and pretty much have a psychotic break by the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that that sounds lovely. Uh, so, uh, he, you know, he proceeded to tell me, you know, what's going to be happening with, you know, his kids, the health and shelter, you know, and, and, sort of him going off on his own to try to figure out what all is happening, you know, uh, with the uh, kind of the, the, the finale of all this being the meet cute massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, you know, I, I was over the moon because that, that sounded, you know, as, as a viewer, uh, that sounded really interesting to watch. And, you know, as an actor, so, so exciting. And, you know, my inner eight-year-old, you know, uh, thought the idea of getting to shoot guns and, uh, you know, run around and things exploding uh, couldn't be cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know that Dirk Karmasar was going to be the song played during that, that uh, whole scene? No, it was so cool. It, that originally in the script was supposed to be Prince's When Doves Cry. Oh, right. Yes. And uh, I, I am a huge fan of the 80s and 80s music. <laughs> So I, I was very excited for When Doves Cry, uh, but I didn't know that Dirk Omasar, uh, and you know was going to end up being the song until I was watching the episode live and, uh, and heard it come on and, and absolutely flipped. I thought it was so great. You know, I, I love that contrast, you know, this great, catchy, poppy 80s song, you know, as the backdrop to this absolutely brutal, grisly, you know, uh, shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Oh, jeez, we were we were uh, well, but <laughs> pun intended, uh, blown away. <laughs> that was that was an amazing <laughs> finale. Uh, a matter of fact, just 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 knowing what was delivered in that finale, uh, we are really excited uh, for the season two finale. So, yeah, and now that uh, you know we're in the midst of shooting it, and I'm kind of seeing how it's coming together. Uh, I, I think I, I can I can say now that uh, what happened at Meet Cute was was just just the warm up <laughs> to uh, what we have coming for the season two finale. So if you liked uh, how season one ended, uh, I think you're going to be pun intended blown away <laughs> with the season two finale. Um, well, we do have some questions from uh, our listeners and your fans, of course. Um, awesome. Uh, Ray wants to know what you think about playing a character named Major Lilywhite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic Ray with the good questions, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it actually is really funny with, with the name because um, when the, you know, the project was bought to me and we were talking about, you know, I, was, you know, I auditioned and before uh, I had officially signed on, I had asked, you know, if possible, you know, could I speak to, you know, one of, you know, Rob or Diane? In fact, I actually just said, you know, with one of the writers or one of the people kind of higher up because I had some questions for them. And, uh, you know, they immediately said, well, sure, like, would you like to speak with Rob? 
and I had never met Rob or spoken to him. Uh, and, and I, I was kind of shocked that he you know, would be willing to take the time to, to wrap out with me. So I said, yeah, that, that would be great. And, you know, like I said, I only had about two or three questions for him, but uh, no kidding. One of them was, how married to the name Lily White are you? <laughs> and uh, thinking, you know, because usually, you know, sometimes, not usually, but sometimes, you know, with the pilot, uh, they're still kind of figuring out the characters. Not, you know, it's not all set in stone. So uh, I thought I had a decent chance of them saying, you know, well, you, yeah, what do you have in mind? You know, because if it was left to me, I would try to give him the coolest name possible, like Steel Lightning, you know, or something <laughs> yeah. that just screams machismo. And actually, though, Rob said, oh, oh no, we're, we're, we're set on that one. That one is in stone. Right. I said, really? And he said, yeah, because there's actually, you know, some, some rhyme and reason to it. And I said, okay, well, what's up? And it turned out that uh, the character's name, you know, Major Lily White, was a mashup of uh, a, a football player that Rob uh, had loved, a really, you know, I guess a great uh, collegiate football player. And, and I think that was, his name was, because I've been telling a story incorrectly for about a year and a half, and then just recently some, someone corrected me because I had, I had been saying that um, Lily White was the name of a football player that Rob really liked. And then, you know, Diane Ruggiero Wright, uh, that there was a boy in her high school that she had a crush on, and his name was Major. <laughs> so the name Major Lily White was because of Diane's high school crush and one of Rob's favorite football players. Um, but it turns out that the football player's name was uh, something slightly different, like Apple White or, or something. Yeah. But uh, basically, you know, because the name was based on two people, there was no uh, wiggle room for, you know, steel lightning or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to Ray's question, though, uh, what's it like playing him? Uh, you know, it took a little feeling out to get used to, <laughs> but, uh, you know, once I really, you know, leaned into it and embraced it, uh, it actually it grew on me. And I also like the fact that a guy with the last name Lily White, who, let's be honest, that name doesn't scream macho, uh, <laughs> To, to have that guy running through and blowing people up with hand grenades and, and shotguns, uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, he's like, stereotypes be damned. I'm going to be a badass even with a questionable last name. Well, we just, uh, uh, what was the last episode we saw? The eternal sunshine of the caffeinated mind. Um, we had a great uh-huh. scene at the end of that. Uh, Major finally finds out that Rita was Liv's roommate. And as he leaves, mm-hmm. even though Liv introduced her as Gilda, Major says, bye, Rita. And we thought it was a mistake, but some think it was a, a deliberate slip. Are you actually able to say which is correct? Yes. And I, uh, and now, you know, I, I, I could be incorrect, but I, um, am fairly certain. And it was my belief from, you know, the get go when I first read it, uh, you know, in the, in the script that that is entirely on purpose. Mm, and nice. like I said, I'm, I'm 99% certain that that uh, is the case. It's, it's not a mistake. He, he knows what he's doing, mm. which I, I also like the idea a, a little, a little better to me. That that's more interesting that he just kind of, tosses that grenade in the room and yeah. then walks away. <laughs> yeah, you're good at that. So, 
<laughs> yeah, this is, would not be the first grenade he's left in the room. But uh, but no, he Major is uh, aware of what he's doing. He's, he's, he's blown the lid off that one. Yep. Uh, uh, Jen wants to know: Does Major have multiple freezers in his storage locker, or just one giant one that he's been steadily stacking people in? <laughs> well, uh, I well, let's see. I gotta, without, without giving too much away, I think it's safe to say that um, the one freezer we've seen Major using is not the only freezer. Right. Okay. And there, uh, there, there will be some things that come to light, which I think. Uh, we'll, we'll sort of support that answer. Now, this has been great uh, having this this twist at the beginning of the season because there were several episodes where our discussion was, you know, the morality of what Major's doing because we all thought that Major was murdering zombies. Uh, how fun was that to play in just to keep that secret? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Because uh, one thing that I've, I've been really interested uh, in, in watching happen as the season's gone on is – how long are people uh, going to excuse Major's behavior and still root for him in the face of him, you know, partaking in some kind of questionable behavior? Yeah. Um, you know, last season, I think it was much easier to kind of sign off on everything he was doing because we were seeing, you know, these young kids, you know, being abducted and murdered. Uh, whereas, you know, this season, he, he was getting involved in some pretty dark stuff from the jump off uh, without an immediate explanation. Mm. So it's been kind of fun for me to, you know, pop it, pop it every now and again on the internet and you know, on the message boards and seeing, you know, what people are saying, whether they're still rooting for him and, and how long can we drag down before people, you know, decide he, he's not the guy we've been rooting for. He's changed, you know, and this new version of major, uh, you know, we're not on board with. And, so uh, that was sort of fun for me to keep that secret and watch as, you know, people kind of were reacting to it. Um, and then, you know, they kind of hit a point where, where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for people to see what's going on here because I, I, I don't want to completely lose them. Right. You know, um, but what, what kind of made me laugh was the scene with Minor yeah. when Major had to say goodbye to Minor and, and he put him on a bus. You know, when I, when I read that uh, in the script the first time, immediately I said, Hey, I, I think this is going to cause problems, guys. I, I don't think people are going to be okay with this. You know, as a dog lover myself, uh, I just thought, Ooh, there, is there a different way we could do this? You know, cause I, I can see people, you know, really having an issue with this. And you know, I was kind of reassured, don't worry. You know, the next episode we make it clear that, you know, he's in a good home and he's completely okay. So I sort of hesitantly said, oh, okay, you know, all right. Yeah. And it, it cracked me up because as soon as it aired, you know, because I, I live tweet along with the fans, uh, immediately people were up in arms. Yeah. What? No, this is absolutely unacceptable. You know, and, and Rob Thomas, you know, <laughs> ended up, you know, doing an, uh, an article and or an interview in uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it, it kind of made me laugh that... Uh, he has now, you know, uh, killed or abducted, you know, a couple dozen people, uh, and, and everyone's kind of signed off on it. But he leaves one adorable dog in the back of a bus, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I felt like, uh, you know, I, I read that EW article before we recorded the podcast for that uh, that episode, and I felt like I needed to 
do some damage control as well because there was just this one line and in one of the last scenes where Clive kind of mentions, oh, we, you know, the dog was found and he's in a good home now. And that was it. But not many people actually caught that. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, and so pe- people were, uh, were, were very up in arms about it. And um, there was uh, one, I guess, you know, meme, I think, I think it was a meme uh, or a gif, who knows what the kids are calling it these days, <laughs> where um, <laughs> it was, you know, in, in, the, in the wake of, of the, uh, the, the minor backlash, you know, there was one where uh, it was a big square cut in half and the top half, it had uh, Drake and Liv, you know, kind of in a very warm embrace, a sweet moment. And uh, Major's face as he was watching, you know, Minor you know, drive away and, you know, his <laughs> eyes are welled up. He looks very sad. And it just said, forever alone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, that is harsh, Internet. <laughs> yeah. It could have been so much absolutely- worse. Oh yeah, it absolutely could have been, you know, and we we immediately see that it, it takes a, a serious emotional toll on Major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, so he 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 struggled with it. But if you think about what's at stake and the the time crunch he was in, I mean, the immediate you know pressure, uh, you know, he he had to do something. But you know, I think in a lot of ways his hand was forced. So so yes. given those circumstances, I think he was trying to make the right decision. Uh, you know, given the sort of the pressure, the immediate pressure he was under. Yeah, that, that was kind of like the lull of uh, season two. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we're just kind of like left with oh, my, miners on a bus and uh, all our hearts are broken. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's the canine lull. <laughs> Um, so we're kind of worried at this point that Major might turn into a zombie again. Um, listener Monica wants to know, if you did, what kind of brain personality would you most want to act out? Uh, even if there's one that Rose did that uh, maybe appeals to you. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, let's see. I think it would be kind of interesting to see if he ate a comedian's brain, mm-hmm. how that would go. Uh, you know, and selfishly, you know, I've never got to do an outright comedy in my career. Uh, so I, I would, I would love, you know, and, and Rob and Diane, our writers are so funny and so quick and clever that I would really love, uh, you know, to give that a shot. Uh, let's see. I think I was very, and, you know, the, a lot of the brains that Liv has had, you know, I, I've had different moments where I'm very envious, you know, of, of what she gets to do, you know, like the frat boy brain, to me was so funny. I mean, Rose did such a great job with it, but uh, I think that would be a really fun one. Um, you know, the episode where she ate the army ranger's brain yeah, was so cool. And again, going back to, you know, I, I'm just a, I'm a grown up nine year old, you know, and my, my inner child, you know, to get to the sniper rifle, you know, I mean, all that, that was so cool. And kind of on a similar note, the, um, the gangster, the, the Asian gangster brain, where she has that moment where she's like, "I know kung fu." Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would love you know to get to uh, you know play around with some martial arts. I think would be a blast. <laughs> also, you know, I I was a magician growing up, huh. so you know if uh, if the magician brain came up again, I think that I think that would be a lot of fun. I get to uh, revisit my my childhood roots. Oh, really? <laughs> So did you did true you, story? Did you do like par, like parties for your parents, or did, was it bigger than that? 
Oh, actually, it, it was it, it was even bigger than that. You oh, know, wow. I uh, so I did I did what's called uh, parlor magic. Hmm. So there's close up, you know, which is obviously uh, a lot more sleight of hand, and uh, and then there's parlor, which is like stage magic. You know, sawing a woman in half, escape from you know being locked in a mailbag, and and bigger illusions, and um, so that that was what I, what I got into, and you know I did uh, you know from birthday parties of you know like my buddy's little siblings, like you know little sister, little brother, I did those. Uh, I would do you know like church functions and, and kind of you know private events, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I, I think I did, I did magic for about let's see, grades five through eight, I think was wow. about the tenure of my magic career, which let's, let's be honest, I couldn't have picked a worse time because I mean, that is when you're, you're absolute most awkward. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's that painfully awkward, uh, part of, you know, adolescence yeah, where bodies, you know, betraying so you. It, <laughs> yes, completely. And it was like, what what would be the right move for this painfully awkward part of my life? Yes, I'm going to go into magic. So, uh, you know, as you can imagine, I was just a hit with the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and everyone wanted to hang out with me. <laughs> not quite. Uh, wow, it must have killed you then to not be able to participate in all the magic going on during Abracadaver. <laughs> I know it was a bummer, you know, but we had um, uh, one of David Blaine's consultants uh, come on board, you know, to help out Rosie with, uh, you know, some of the sleight of hand and, and some of the, uh, the, the the magic that she had to do. So, you know, I, I showed up. It was one of my days off, but I, I came to set just to kind of geek out and watch him and, and map out with him, you know, because it's been a while, but I still get a big kick out of it. Nice. Nice. So I guess... Uh, Jen here asks if uh, getting closed in the coffin freaked you out at all. I guess that that comes to the territory, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does. You know, fortunately, let's see. Like I said, I had a, had a mailbag escape where I was locked inside of uh, of you know a, a giant uh, you know mailbag. Uh, thankfully, I've, I've never been trapped in a coffin, and, and also, luckily, I'm not. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't have a problem with being in tight spaces. I'm not claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that definitely would have been a problem because you know my hands and feet were taped up real tight, so there wasn't much wiggling or, or, or movement I could do anyways. But it is a very tight, very dark little space to be in. So if those were phobias, you you wouldn't be having such a great time. Right. Right. Um, so major is often in his own storyline with Max Rager and being the chaos killer this season. Um, who would you like to work more with, work with more in season three? Mm. Well, uh, I, I've always you know, said, I, I can't wait for the day that major and Clive mm-hmm. are on the same page. Finally, yeah, you know, and get, and get to do, do stuff together. And, um, you know, I, I stand by that, you know, not only, uh, do I just outside of work? I, I love Malcolm and you know get along with them so well as everyone does. But it's so funny because you know, especially with Clive, you know, in the way Malcolm plays Clive, um, it, it's much kind of more uh, subdued mm-hmm. and quiet, stoic, you know, to himself. And I, you know, my personal life. Like I said, I'm a giant nine-year-old, and, and I'm always kind of, uh, you know, being hyperactive and goofing around. 
you know, I think the first scene that Malcolm and I had together, um, you know, where just the two of us talking was in the, uh, the police station and the scene opened up with us rounding a corner mid conversation mm-hmm. and, you know, walking into the shot. So every time we'd be waiting behind this corner and they would be saying, okay, everyone ready, set, you know, all right, speeding. And right before they'd call action, I would grab Malcolm's hand and hold it as tightly as I could. So we were holding hands and then they'd go action. <laughs> we'd be turning, rounding this corner and he'd be sitting there violently shaking, trying to get his hands free. And I'd be sitting there holding it. And it was See, it was terrible because to me that is so hilarious, messing with <laughs> the guy who's being yeah. And he's just trying to be professional, and here I am trying to hold his hand. <laughs> and, and, oh, my God, I mean, I think we blew a couple takes just you know, from laughing. Yeah. You know, and the director, you know, what's going on? And I would sit there, I have no idea. I don't know why Malcolm's laughing. <laughs> uh, so, so we have fun. You know, this, this season we've, um, we've had some more opportunities, uh, you know, to, to get to do scenes together and, and it's always uh, a blast. So mm-hmm. I would really like to see the two, uh, the two of us get to do more things together. Right. Also, if major, if major and Clive are, uh, are, you know, in more scenes together and working together, that means that some big things have happened story-wise. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I would, that, that's going to be a very interesting, you know, landscape if that happens. You know, there's some, some big, big pieces of news have to come out. So, uh, you know, that also means the story will be changing a lot. So that, that'll be really interesting to see. Are you trying to tell us something, Rob? <laughs> You are allowed to read into anything you like. <laughs> um, now, I won't say anything else, but I'm but I'm winking at you right now, okay, uh, as you right. can't see. You know. <laughs> um, now you and you you and Raul have a, a friendship that the writers ended up creating a friendship on the show for Major and Ravi out of. What is that like? I mean, there's been articles written about your friendship. Uh, what, what's that like? I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of the, of the whole Roger <laughs> romance because as you said, uh, you know, it's, it's 95% of it is taken, you know, from our real lives. I think when we sat down with the writers, you know, cause every season, uh, before we go up to Vancouver, you know, we, we go to the writer's room in LA and we, you know, we meet all the, the writers and, uh, you know, just kind of sit down and wrap out. And it's usually our chance, you know, as actors to sit there and, you know, mine and cry for as, you know, as much uh, tidbits about the upcoming season as we can, you know. But when we sat down uh, before season one, you know, they were kind of pitching the idea of, uh, of Major and Robbie moving in together, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, uh, and they had kind of gotten wind of the fact that we were both, uh, you know, geeks and loved Star Wars and loved comics. So... You know, they said, you know, we're kind of plant the idea, you know, they move in, maybe they're, you know, one scene there, uh, you know, you know, the Star Wars lightsaber app on your phone. Yeah. We, they're like, you know, we could, have, we could see them having like a lightsaber fight, you know, but, but that was really it. It was basically them moving in and then, you know, just finding out that they, they both enjoy sort of these uh, same kind of geeky pursuits, but, but that was it. And then, you know, they found out that we were doing a bunch of gaming together, you know, and so they asked, well, you know, what's, what are you playing right now? And that's how Diablo 3 got into the show, you know, because that was the game that we were both playing together. So, you know, they would call us up and say, hey, what are, you know, uh, some names of weapons? Uh, okay, and what, what kind of, uh, you know, character are you each playing? And so, 
that was you know, literally taken directly, you know, from uh, our, our personal lives. And, and like I said, I, I have uh, a lot of, um, I take a lot of enjoyment from it. And in a weird way, I'm kind of like proud of the relationship that they have. Like to think the same way a parent would be like proud of their child when they watch them play a sport, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, I'm like, look at this. This is basically it. Like we're, our, our geekiness is being celebrated, <laughs> you know? And, That's awesome. Uh, and it, and it's, it, it's great because, you know, the other day we, um, we jumped on uh, Twitch, which is the service where you can play video games online and people can um, tune in and what, what it does is it broadcasts uh, the game that's being played with a little uh, um, window as well that shows, uh, you know, whoever's playing it. You set up a camera above your television. So we did that and actually we're playing Diablo. And then there's also like a running kind of message board where people can write in questions or comments and we can see what people are writing and respond to them. And as people get to watch us play the video game and then also see what we're doing. And so it was a lot of fun because the way to, you know, connect with the fans, um, you know, as well as play this video game, but it made me laugh because it was, uh, you know, about as spot on an example of life imitating art, (laughs) imitating life, you know, that's great. (laughs) Uh, well, we have you just for uh, two more minutes. I just want to ask you two really short questions. Uh, you don't have to elaborate sure. too much if you don't want to. But, um, you, of course, is, uh, you've read the iZombie comic. And we know that Rob Thomas isn't very much interested in bringing any more supernatural elements on the show. But I'm just asking you, what would you prefer on the series? Were terriers, Frankenteens, vampires, or ghosts? <laughs> hmm. I, you know... I'm not going to say wear terriers because last time we brought a dog onto the show, it did not work out well for a major. Um, uh, I want to dodge, you know, that backlash. Uh, I'm going to go with ghosts. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And one last question. Um, Of course, you're working on the season finale. You probably don't want to tell us too much about it, but if you could say, one word that teases the season finale, what would it be? Explosive. Mm. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for being with us, uh, Rob. Uh, Rob Buckley plays Major Lily White on iZombie. And uh, uh, that's that's it. I, I guess we'll, this, this is a wrap. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun, you guys. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. All right, bye now. All right, take care. Yep, you bye too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was really awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy we got a chance to talk to him. Yeah, I'm so glad that Rob was able to take a few minutes to talk to, to us while he's filming the finale. Yeah, did you hear him? He had one day off, and uh, he decided to spend uh, 30 minutes with, of that one day off uh, with our little podcast. So uh, yeah. I'm feeling, feeling kind of special. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm glad we got some of uh, your listener questions in. Uh, we couldn't get to them all, of course. Um, but yeah, if, uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, I wish I could have gotten a question in, you need to be in the Facebook group, folks. Uh, look for iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph on Facebook, um, and you can, uh, submit some questions, uh, for our next interview, which, uh, I'm not ready to talk about yet. <laughs> we got to make sure that's all solidified. We, we have a, a couple more weeks till iZombie comes back, uh, with He Blinded Me With Science, 
And, uh, but yeah, after that interview, I just, I just want to binge the last four episodes. I mean, it, I, I'd hate to see it go so quickly, but man, I, I cannot wait to see that finale. Yeah. I can't wait to see if, uh, what was hinted about if that comes true and, oh my gosh, the fallout from that will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got some cool information there I, I don't think i've ever uh heard about him being a, a magician as a kid that that was, that was i fun. know that's awesome. <laughs> awesome so so just just a performer from an early age yeah 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 so anyway uh we're just super psyched that uh we got to talk to him so we'll stop uh patting each other on the backs and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you guys get back to your day uh, uh, we'll, we'll catch you. I think we're going to have a special episode, um, celebrating the one year anniversary of the iZombie pilots premiere. Um, next week it should come out on March 17th, which was, uh, one year, um, to the day, uh, iZombie premiered on the CW. So whatever, we'll, we'll save it for then. I'm flabbergasted. I need to go. How about you? <laughs> Sure. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!